And as I shared last week, uh, many of you are unaware of our journey and our story as a family and how we got here, even how Serve City got here and now the hundreds and even the thousands that are connected to us, how it is that all of this transpired. And so if you missed last week, I encourage you, go and watch to get uh, some context around that. And listen, man, you know, although I shared about the miracles and the things that God did. So when we got here, you know, one of the most difficult things for us, not just starting from zero, uh, you know, as we said and we shared that we were in my parents' basement for uh, six years, saving up and trying to begin again uh, to even be able to purchase a home and all of this sorts of stuff. One of the, the most difficult things was coming back to a place that I left in a worldly position. I did not make a lot of good decisions. There were some relationships that I left uh, in a bad way. Come on, somebody. Can I just give, is it okay for pastors to be honest? Wasn't always sanctified, wasn't always trying to live right, you know, and fact of the matter is there was a lot of difficulty uh, in my past and God delivered me. Anybody else that can celebrate God because he's a deliverer? Listen, man, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm just so grateful. I know it's cliche, but it's the truth, fam. Like when you really take a look back at where God has brought you from, you know, and so anyway, it was easier when I lived away, because I didn't have to face and deal with, <laughs> it was easy, it was easy. I didn't have to face with a lot of the decision, face a lot of the decisions that I had made uh, in the past. But when I came back home, it was all cute and it sounded great. And it was like, yeah, let's come home and, you know, and, 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 and plant this ministry and all this wonderful stuff. But I got here and immediately I was faced with my past. In fact, the matter is, you know, as I was driving, yes, I'm a Malvern man. I'm a Scarborough man. But the fact of the matter is that driving, driving by some streets, fam, it started bringing back memories. And it just was crazy because I'm like, man, like, God, is this what I'm going to have to face? And I started battling fear of the past. Can I just keep it real? Listen, the man that we're in church one day, fam, I, before we planted this church, and I'll never forget, I was sitting in service, and I'm there, you know, we're praising the Lord, having a good time, just as I usually do. And pastor goes, okay, everybody, turn around and just welcome the, the person, be, you know, beside you and say hi to them and all this wonderful stuff. And I turn around, and an ex is standing behind me. Y'all don't want to keep it real. With my wife right next to me, come on. And somebody that I didn't treat too good, you know. And it's just horrible because it was like no matter where I went, even though I was no longer the same, the place that I was and the things that God brought me out of just kept throwing themselves in my face as in, look, see, this is why, this is why you're disqualified or this is why God can't use it. And I just love the fact that our God is a merciful God. And as I said, and as it said, when the devil tries to throw your past in your face, just remind him of his future. Come on, somebody. And so that was one of the most difficult things. I remember, man, the past jumped on me so bad in terms of the things that I had to face when I came back. I was pastoring for years, but this was one of the most difficult struggles. I'm telling you, man, my wife and I, our relationship. Yeah. Now, as I said, we just celebrated uh, these, these 15 years oh man am I getting to that place where I'm forgetting to, I just it was 15 years of marriage but I love her and the reason why we love 
um, you know, somebody just said recently, they're like, yo, you guys', is, you guys is love is like one of those Hallmark movies. And I'm like, I hate those Hallmark movies, fam. Like, they are so annoying to me. All the men are like, yes. When my wife is like, babe, come and watch. Men, just keep your eyes straight. When she's like, babe, come watch this movie. I'm like, bruh. Every movie is the exact same. All of the characters, they just look a little different, but the plot is always the same. Can I just talk about it? <laughs> but anyways, I got the point and I appreciate, I appreciate the, the, the compliment. But listen, fam, like the reason why we are so close is because our relationship has been forged through some fire. I'm telling you, man, there is a time I was literally when I got here and I got home and I'm a part of, you know, like I said, I just keep it 100 because I want people to realize that, you know, I have a calling and I have an anointing and all that stuff. But I'm really no different than any of y'all. And we all, we all are navigating and dealing with and going through. And I want you to realize that the same way that God helps me is the same way that I am, uh, that, that you are able to be helped and you are able to walk in victory. And I was there in the basement with all the lights off. They couldn't find me. My wife couldn't find me. And I was there in the basement. You know, I already battle high anxiety and things of this nature and just sitting there. And it was the darkest place, man. And I was like really believing the lies of the enemy over the past and in regards to the things that I did in the past. And, and it was just consuming me. And I was just sitting there on the couch in the dark. And I'll never forget, man. Babe, I love you for real, though. Seriously. She's like a ride or die, man. She came down the stairs. And I remember she came and I was sitting in the chair and she got and straddled on my knees. And she looked at me in the face. And I think probably for the next half an hour, she just declared the word of God and the truth of God in my face. And just declared it on until that thing broke up off of my life. Oh my. And I am, and, and, and the thing is this, you might not have a wife or a husband in your life to be able to do that. But surround yourself with some friends. Come on somebody. And some people, they ought to be in your circle that they can suss out when stuff is a mess. And they know that when, when you know, when stuff is going down, when it's on and popping, that they're not going to stand there and be like, okay, I'm going to pray for you. They will show up. And so I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful uh, for my wife and I'm so grateful uh, for friends and all of that. And that was a season. It was a very difficult time. But I'm so grateful because that God brought me out of that, that I can stand here and declare to you and to those who are online. It does not matter because there's someone here that you are so bound uh, by your past. Come on. You're, you have been running. You've been attempting to run forward, but it's like you're running on a treadmill. You're making movements and it's, but it's just the illusion that you're going forward. And the reason why is because just like on a treadmill, there is a belt. Uh, the belt is actually going in the opposite direction. And so even though it seems like you're moving forward, your mind is trying to take you backwards. Oh, who am I talking to today? And so you've been trying, you've been trying. Someone's like, Pastor, were you in my house? Oh no, that's just the Holy Ghost, baby. And, and I want to let you know today uh, that that thing that you did, there is nothing that you, I hear the Bible. Psalm 103, I believe it's verse 15, 12 or 15 says, as far as the east is from the west. Come on, Bible. Uh, he says, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So when it is that we ask for forgiveness and when uh, we come before the Lord and he wipes away our past and, and makes us new, as he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the fact of the matter is that as far, can the east and the west ever meet again? No. 
And there's some of you, even based on what you did yesterday, you're to the place, you're sitting up here in church like, oh my gosh, how can I even go forward knowing what I just did? And I want to let you know that your past is not greater than the forgiveness of your God. Your mistakes and your mess. I mean, oh, I just love it. I just love that God still can do the greatest stuff in overtime. I feel a preach. Uh, this ain't even the service, the sermon, but I want to help somebody to know. I'm telling you, sometimes it, it, things look crazy and it may seem like you, like the, like the game is over. But the fact, or it might even seem like it's tied. But God can still turn it around for your good there's someone because of the failed relationship of the past you have been bound uh, from getting into a new relationship and God has even revealed to many of you the new person that you're supposed to connect with but because of what's happened in the past you are unable to be able to move forward uh, but the, I want to declare and let you know today I want to serve notice to every tormenting devil that would try to hold you down ever anchoring demon that was sent on an agenda from hell uh, to anchor you to your past we say be disconnected now in the name of Jesus oh can I just go in in the spirit right now we set fire to every past bush that would try to grow even uh, the bush that was not cut down fully and the root that remains in the ground we uproot it now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth we serve notice oh my you gonna come out you gonna come out come out come out come out come out you gonna come out we say be uprooted we say get out of there now in Jesus name for the glory of our God anybody that believes that God is greater than your past you ought to go ahead and give the Lord praise oh yeah that's good news to somebody that thought that it was over I know, I know you might have messed up with your finances, but I'm here to tell you, keep trusting God, man. I mean, God can turn uh, bank those who were bankrupt into millionaires. Come on, somebody. I serve a God that is able to do it. I, I just, I'm in the text. I'm in the text. I want to talk to you about the fact that God is able despite what you've done in your past. I'm a witness. I'm a witness to be able to turn it around and work it together for your good and for his glory. And so, you know, when we go to this text today, this is just the subject text. Now I want to look at this story for the remaining time that I have before we come around the Lord's table. I want you to grab this. I want you to grab this. Now unto him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now this is the thing, right? Peep this. We usually skip past that beginning part and go to the, the able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So we usually jump to the stuff that he's getting ready to do. Ah. And skip past the point and the purpose. This is known as a doxology or a praise. Come on, somebody. So how about this? God, as I'm here to tell you, that he's able, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Yes, that marriage, uh, he's able to restore it. Uh, that, that mind that they told you was gone, 
I'm a witness. He's able to restore that mind. Yes. Yes, I know you thought it was over. He's able to do it, but guess why he's doing it? He's not just doing it so you can have a story. Your victory is about his glory. The reason, see, this is the thing. So, we are so into stuff and things, and we are so into wonders and all this stuff. The wonders are not just supposed to leave you in bewilderment and make you look and say, oh, wow, how cool this was, uh, and, and make it a, but did you die story. No, that's not the point of it. Ultimately, it's for the glory of the Lord. Look, he says, now unto him who is able. And then when he goes on and says, to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory all of that is just a setup for god's glory when we we're singing today i didn't even think about it i didn't even look at uh you know what was getting what was going to be sung today but we're in the spirit because we're talking about somehow you'll always get the glory and we're talking about how he deserves it and all of this sorts of stuff because that's what it's all about when we're talking about battling fear when we're talking about being victorious over fear and walking in victory over the things of the past and God doing above and beyond the focal point should be it being about his glory to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen here it is this is my point for you today your victory is about God's glory not just your story Your victory, so you getting the victory is not just about you being able to tell a cool story, but it's about God's glory. It's about him being lifted high. It's about when people hear your story, they're able to say there is absolutely no way that you could have made it out of that or navigated what you were up against unless it was the power of God at work. It's all about his glory. And that's why, oh my, that's why he does the stuff that he does. Come on. That's why, I mean, he is able to do this because he is God. Come on. He is selfish with his glory. Come on. He has not given his glory to anybody else. And God wants you to win. And God wants to bring you out. And God wants you to show off and give him, give him the praise during suffering and all of this so that people can look at you and ultimately give him the glory and many of you the reason why you want God to do stuff is not for his glory but you just want it to be for your comfort it's not about God giving getting God praise that's why we often have to pull teeth and I mean when I talk to some of y'all God has done the most outrageous things in your life but you couldn't tell by your praise It's all about his glory. Somebody in the chat, put it's all about his glory. Somebody in the house, say it's all about his glory. He is God. This is what it's all about. Here it is. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8. Come on. It says, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other. Nor my praise to carved idols. I'm going to talk about why this is serious even in a moment. 
But it's imperative. God, he is not going to give his glory away. He don't care if you get accolades and hand claps and all this stuff or whatever. And you have a good story. The story is not about you. It's about his glory. And he's not sharing his glory with anyone. And many of us, this is why we are not experiencing the degree of freedom that we desire is because our focus is on our comfort and on us uh, getting big ups and accolades and things of this nature as opposed to looking at our situation as an opportunity for God to get the glory. Are you with me? This is what he says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. So whatever you eat or whatever you do, do all. To the glory of God. I love this because, you know, we're talking about how God is not going to give his glory to another. Stay with me. Now he's not going to share it with carved idols. There's a story in, in Acts chapter 12, verse 20 through 25. And I'm just going to reference it for the sake of time. He is there and there is a guy by the name of Herod. Everybody say Herod. Herod. And so Herod is this guy that gets up. And it's Acts chapter 12, verse 20 through uh, 25, if you're interested. And Herod makes in this big, great oration, this great speech. And the Bible makes it clear that people are like, this is the voice of a God. Your speech was so powerful. The way you talked was amazing. It was above and beyond. And in that moment, Herod is struck down. And the Bible says it's eaten of worms. This is New Testament. And the reason why, Bible says, is because he, didn't get, he did not give God the glory. Doesn't that sound, you know how we do today? How we uh, often, and this is it. Like, I mean, this is why this being up here is a very serious thing to me. Come on, somebody. It's not about y'all saying, oh, you did a good job or whatever the case may be. I'm grateful for the encouragement. But at the end of the day, my preaching is not for your applause. It's not for a pat on the back from man. It's for a well done from God. Come on, somebody. It's for the glory of the Lord. That's why it don't matter if you don't like me or like what I'm saying. At the end of the day, the agenda and the understanding is that it's all for God's glory. And so he, he is there and he makes a good speech and people are saying this is this and such is such and there's nothing wrong with that. But he doesn't give the glory to God and he is struck down. And so God does not share his glory. Are you with me? So your, your, your victory, God bringing you out, the fear that you're going to win uh, through and, the, the, and, and, and against and all of this as we're in this don't be scourged series. The past, which I want to talk to you about in a minute, that, that tries to come up on you to try to hinder you. That God, God's desire is to deliver you, not just for you to have a good story, but so that he can get even more glory out of your life. Are you with me? And so look, I want you to see this talking about God not sharing his glory and about the importance of you focusing and having a heart and also encouraging God to give, uh, encouraging others to give God the glory. Turn with me to Exodus 14. What book did I say? I want us to go to Exodus 14. Turn there. I want to deal with this. This is one of the, uh, one of the most powerful stories that we see in scripture talking about God being able to do above and beyond. And I want to, I want this to be twofold. I want you to see uh, as you are dealing with the past that oftentimes comes up against you. And also as we're talking about the importance of making sure that we are understanding of the fact that God is desiring 
desirous of getting the glory out of our situation. I want that to be prominent in your mind as you are dealing with this. Anybody love the Bible other than me? Okay, so look. Exodus 14, here's this passage. Uh, it's, the context is the children of Israel, uh, they are in bondage in Egypt for hundreds of years. God sends Moses to them. Moses declares to the Egyptians, let my people go. They were acting like waste suits and they wouldn't let them go. And they were vacillating, going back and forth. And then God finally, then they finally let them go. And now they bounced and they bounced with stuff, y'all. And they're on their way out of the past. Come on, somebody. And they find themselves on the way there. And then they end up bucking up against the Red Sea. Everybody say the Red Sea. So they would have run away. See, this is the thing. It's easy when you have somewhere to go. Come on. But sometimes you can't get away. And you got to deal with the stuff that's behind you. So here, I want you to see this. I want you to peek this. This is some deep stuff. Watch this. Then the Lord said to Moses, verse 1 of Exodus 14, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Piharirath, between Migdal and the sea, in front of Baal Zephon. Somebody say, Baal Zephon. He says, you shall encamp, encamp sorry, by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So they come out of Egypt. They are headed to the promised land and they buck up against the Red Sea. And God makes it clear that he hardens Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh is vexed. They are coming to get him. And God is declaring that he is going to not only deliver them, but deliver them in a way that he is going to get the glory. And the Egyptians are going to know that he is the Lord. So some of you, you think that again, like I told you last week. Uh, you know that California was one of the most difficult seasons of my life but I know the Lord led me there and it's like God how could you lead me into this situation but as I said Luke 4 Matthew 4 1 and onward Jesus was led of the devil or led by the spirit to be tempted of the devil and so here God's saying I'm doing this stuff not for your destruction but so you can be delivered in other words have victory and through your victory it's not just about a cool story but it's ultimately for my glory and also that i can show pharaoh and the egyptians that i am the lord oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i love it i love it now notice it said that they were supposed to camp in front of baal zephon these are things that we usually pass over and we're like okay man who on earth came up with these names fam like, what on earth is this? I want you to understand this. God said, remember, he is not going to give his glory to another. Now, I want you to understand this. Baal Zephon, just for some history, because this is some cool stuff. I love this. Baal Zephon was a form of the Canaanite storm god, Baal. So, we often think God don't care about that stuff. But God specifically tells them when they're at the Red Sea, he tells them, camp at this place. 
in front of Baal Zephon. So they, the storm god uh, 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 was, this was a Canaanite storm god or a form of him. Watch this. And he is, and uh, Baal Zephon was considered a protector of the maritime trade. So it's like a, like a sea demon. Like this God that they believed would protect them as it pertained to the water. And so, so when God is saying, I want you to camp here and set up shop here because I'm going to do this here. He's being strategic. Watch this. He's saying, not just am I going to give you victory and deliver you from the past. But I'm also going to get this W in front of this fake maritime God. And simultaneously, I'm going to show the Egyptians that I am the Lord. I don't know, man. There's some of you, you're wondering why God is preparing a table before for you in the presence of your enemies. You're like, man, this don't make no sense. I don't want them to watch me eat. Come on, somebody. But I wonder if there's anybody in here that knows that God sometimes, he is strategic in his placement. Because he wants to get the biggest glory. Come on, come on somebody. And also make it known to those who said that your past was going to hold you back. To those who said that you're not going to be able to make it forward. To those who tried to hold you back. That no, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And all things, this reality, is new. Are you with me? So Baal Zephon, he says, no, man, we're going to set up here because this was also because it was uh, the, the protector of the maritime trade, as they believe they constructed sanctuaries in his honor in that place. And so this was also Baal Zephon became a place name. So when he's doing this stuff, anybody love this type of stuff? I think it's dope. I just I just think this is amazing because all of the stories, peep this, all of the stories in scripture, if you really look at them. It's usually, uh, yes, about the, pe- the victory for us, but it's usually are the victory for the people of God. But the deeper thing is God showing up the false gods or the other gods that are there. For example, I, peep, I want you to peep this. So, for example, uh, there was a god by the name of Dagon. This is, this is dope. So the, the, pe- the Philistines stole the ark, which represented the presence and the glory of God. They stole it and they brought it into their temple by this God called Dagon. This, the God Dagon was this, uh, this principality uh, that was depicted by a man and a fish. And so they brought the ark, which was the colder of the glory of God, into the temple of Dagon. And the Bible says, I want you to check this out. Look at, uh, when you get a chance, you can, you can, you can look at this. Uh, but but it's, it's powerful because Dagon, when they do this, when they bring him in there, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 through 5, they put it in there. And the Bible says in verse 4 of 1 Samuel chapter 5, when they rose early on the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the ark of the Lord. And his, the head of Dagon and both his hands were lying cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. This is why the priests of Dagon and all who enter the house of Dagon do not tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. 
So when you think God don't care, oh, these are just some dumb idols, God says, no, I'm not going to share my glory. Come on, somebody. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh, the most high God. And God says, I am not going to share my God, my glory with any idols. And when I set you up, and even when it seems like stuff is up against you that don't make sense, I'm setting you up to get glory over every principality, over every form of wickedness, but also so that I can get the glory and people will know that I am the Lord. Listen, when Samson, can I just break it down some more? Am I boring y'all? When Samson, you remember Samson? Samson did all sorts of mighty exploits. He's lighting foxtails on fire and they're running around and all sorts of stuff and killing all sorts. He was doing some mighty exploits. Samson gets snatched up by Delilah. Trifle. Okay, I'm just going to. Sold the man them out. And he gets caught, cut off his hair. All of his locks are gone, which is a whole nother topic. And Samson, Samson is there. And Bible says that the people... In Judges 16, verse 23 to 41, to 31, when they captured Samson, they went, because these are Philistines, they went into the temple of Dagon. And they were giving sacrifices because they thought Dagon had given them the victory. You know what Jesus does? God says, okay, Samson goes into the temple where they're or goes to the place where they are making fun of him and where they because his hair is gone and he has no he has no more strength and it's powerful he asks god for one more bit of strength to be able to defeat his enemies and god gives him supernatural strength to break down that whole place and more and he won a bigger victory in that moment even in his weakness than all that he had done in his whole life after his past mistake And God not only gave him the victory in that moment, but God also won the victory over Dagon. One more. David and Goliath. You think that the story was about how cool David was and how you and I can be amazing and get our stones and no matter what you're facing, pick up your stone and you can throw it at your giant and your giant is going to come down and God is going to allow you to cut the head of the giant. You think that was the purpose of the story? No, it was about the glory of God in the face, come on somebody, of giants. It was, it was about God's ability to deliver us and to get the glory over these false gods. Are you with me? So here, that's the text. So then he says that, uh, I'm almost done. But then notice, I love this. Bible says, as we move on in verse 10, so just as God says, Pharaoh and then there's people them come and they're doing this in the setup at Baal Zephon. And then verse 10 says, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. So here they are just like me. They left Egypt. They are on the way to the promised land. God says, uh, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Chantel, I'm going to cause you to plant this church in this city that's going to make impact not just here but around the nations of the world and all of this. But then we get there and we get up in front of the Red Sea. And we start seeing the past is coming after us. What does it look like for you? What does the past look like for you? What is it? I know it and I just sense in the spirit so many of you are are being battled, are battling now the mistakes of the past and, the, and, and, and all this. And so... They feared greatly. In that moment, they feared 
because they're up against the Red Sea. There's nowhere for them to flee, and the past is up behind them. And the people of Israel cried out and then said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out to Egypt? Is, is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? Isn't it crazy how the past can cause you and get you to the place where you want to revert to the place that you used to cry to get out of? Instead of trusting God in the face of the Red Sea, him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I know what the doctor said. Come on. But unto him who is able to do exceedingly, as long as there is life, there is hope. And you're still alive because there's more. Come on, somebody. I know what the creditor said. I know what they said, how long it's going to take. For, but unto him who is able. And so many of us, we are fearful because of what has happened in the past. And we have nowhere to go. And we don't see a way out. And just like them, they crave to go back to where it is that they came from. But then look at what they say, what Moses, uh, what is said to them. What Moses says in verse 13. And we're back in Exodus 14 says, and Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm. That's what you need to do in this season. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. Oh, can I just prophesy? And you have only to be silent. He says, do not fear. Your response should not be fear. Here it is another one. Don't be scared. Because God brought you here, has given you life. And although you are up against this Red Sea, he says, all you've got to do is stand firm. God is not calling you. Can I prophesy to somebody? God is not calling you to be a busybody in this season there are many of you the reason why you have not yet seen the breakthrough and the deliverance of the Lord is because you've been doing things your way and you've been trying to figure it out here I hear the text I'm gonna say it but keep talking about Proverbs 3 5 and 6 trust in the Lord with all of your heart come on online and lean not lean not to your own understanding your unders God is not looking for you to understand how he's gonna do it he just wants you to stand firm in the fact that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that he, that you and I could ask or think according to the power. And you don't know what the future holds, but let, no matter what happens, let him find you standing firm. Oh, I wonder if there's anybody that says I have a post up in my spirit. Come on, somebody. You know, like the bad man, how they just post up on the wall in the bashment party. You're like, you know what, fam? I just have a post up in my, I wonder if there's anybody in here. Say, I got a post up in my spirit. Come on, somebody. Devil, you're not going to punk me. Uh, I wonder if there's anybody. You're not going to punk me. You're not going to knock me off my game. I am standing firm. Because it's not based on my understanding. It's about God's ability. Are you with me? And then he goes on and he says, notice, he says, the Egyptians you see today, you're never going to see again. Oh, there's some of you today that God's desire is truly to overthrow the power of the past. 
because some of y'all the people in your life can I talk about it uh, yeah they might not get swallowed up or killed or destroyed in that way but isn't it powerful that the people that used to that used to have a soul tie with that you can sit in the same room come on somebody and walk on by them and nothing happens because God is able, even if you see him, come on somebody, to strip the power out of the past. I just wonder if it's anybody that can have church with me today. Oh yeah, I might see you, I can look you dead in your face. But the fact of the matter is that I serve a God that will give me the victory and is going to get the glory. And he can swallow up the power of the past. Listen man, well, let me tell you this. You know why I said I know I joke about it all the time. My wife will tell you. There is a massive reason why I said I will never live in Oshawa. <laughs> yes, I don't rate Oshawa. And I'm a Scarborough man. But it is God's sense of humor that he would have us and give us favor to buy a house in Oshawa. The reason why is because of something devastating that happened in Oshawa that used to have me so bound. I didn't even want to see the sign, Oshawa. Oh, can I testify? I didn't even want to drive up on that precipice. When I used to see that big old sign on the thing, if I could tell you, I didn't even want to look there. I didn't want to go there. I knew it. When I heard Oshawa, there were certain things and certain names I did not want to associate with it. But I serve a God who is a deliverer. And I'm here to tell you that today I live in Oshawa. Come on, somebody. And although I'm still a Scarborough man, I'm grateful that I can celebrate that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. And look, he even gave me property in the place come on somebody that used to be tormenting for me now I can be there and I can have joy and I see his provision and I can give him glory in Oshawa y'all with me schwatting blessings I'm almost done this blessing somebody verse 14 the Lord will fight for you. That's where I'm standing firm. Unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly. But all I can ask her thing. And you have only to be silent. This is the season of shut up. This is the season for many of you called shut up. What I mean by this is not only are we plagued by the busybody devil, where we got to go start doing all sorts of stuff and trying to make it work and trying to figure it out and figure how we're going to do this and whatever. When God says stand firm, but we also are talking too much. And death and life is in the power of the tongue. And no, I'm not just talking about some metaphysical uh, thing where you're, you're speaking millions of dollars into. No, I'm not talking about no attractional things and this law of attraction and all this stuff. No, we don't seek the universe. We seek Jesus, the creator of the universe. Oh, y'all don't want to be real with me today. I don't need to put, how many of you know that I'm so glad that the stuff I put out there, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a beneficiary of all the stuff I put out into the atmosphere. I'm so grateful that I serve a God who gives me stuff that I don't even deserve sometimes. 
Y'all out here Christians talking about, yeah, I'm just putting it out into the universe. And the, you better get, the devil is a flipping liar. And many of y'all, oh, you didn't, I was going to keep it real. I'm so, so tired of this foolishness, this idolatry, this pagan nonsense, worshiping and looking uh, to the world and to the earth as a deity. Come on, somebody, as if it has the capability of giving you stuff. Come on, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the sea and establish it upon the floods who am I talking to in this place any bible readers that understand I'm not seeking no universe I'm seeking the one who framed it ex nihilo out with the words of his mouth he spoke into darkness and things came into existence and I trust him that's a devil that God needs to get the glory over too talking about the universe and it sounds so cute and it's packaged and it's nice and slipping into the Christian church. No, no, no. We're not trusting no universe. I trust the Trinity. Okay. You have only to be silent. And I love it. Because we see in the text, Moses just does what the Lord says. It's a bunch of people following him. And they're murmuring and tripping and getting on with nonsense. Instead of going forward, and I want to let you know, even a parent and a leader who's in a position where you're like, man, what on earth am I supposed to do? My kids are murmuring right now because of this season and because of the stuff that's popping up. Husband, man, I want to talk to you. I'm trying to leave my home. And stuff is tripping and challenging me. You're like, what am I supposed to do? And like Moses, you got to stand firm. And God in this moment... Through Moses, wasn't about no magic trick, wasn't about no hocus pocus, it was about glory. And he causes the thing that was a wall in front of them to become walls <laughs> on their left and their right. And a sea, who on earth up to that time would have ever known that God could split a sea and cause it to be on dry land? And so today when, we're, when I'm telling you, put some big ask requests out to God. When I'm telling you, I mean the thing that you're thinking, even think bigger. Because even there, God's still able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Oh, God did some stuff for us this week. I was just, I, I told my, my wife, said, babe, how do you feel about this? I'm like, I actually don't know. You know the mind blown emoji? I'm like, I could never, I could never in all of the dreams that I had put together what the Lord just did for me and for my family. Never. All I got to tell you is just keep watching. But God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all. You could ask your thing. And remember, your victory is about his glory not just your story somebody in this place today if that was a blessing to you go ahead and give the lord the praise in this house even as god opens up the door for many of you in media and in various mountains he's opening them up not for you to be a star and even as he opens it up, not just for you to be ahead of your class or 
to be the no he wants you at that mountain position that he can get the glory over the gods and the idols that are represented in these spheres all right i'm done but somebody today you're in this place and you're like man this all sounds great but i don't have a relationship with god i trust the universe because i've been trying to have a relationship with the universe but today you're saying all this stuff about trusting god i don't trust him i don't have a relationship with him why should i that's what this advent season is about it's about hope jesus christ the hope of the world bible makes it clear thousands of years ago we screwed it up at through our first parents adam and eve and generationally their error their sin their the consequences of their sin which is death and eternal separation from god has passed down to all of us that's why as i say weekly we don't teach our children to sin we don't teach them to disobey but they just do it because it's inherent the bible makes it clear in romans 6 23 the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord how because god yahweh says you know what instead of leaving you stranded and in your jacked up position i'm gonna put on flesh and come through the blessed virgin mary the mother of god as we say because what she was carrying was not just a man but was also god who put on flesh who came out who lived perfectly on your and my behalf and who died on the cross in your and my place and he didn't stay dead but he rose from death somebody say he got up rose from death with all power in his hand and today invites you and I if you are not right with God into relationship with God through your trust and your faith in him and so someone today you're like I've never done that I've never put my trust and faith in him I never asked him to be the Lord of my life how do I do this how do I get right with God well the Apostle Peter he's preaching to thousands of people and he sums up what the Bible says in regards to getting right with God in this passage in Acts chapter 2 he says repent somebody say repent repent means that you acknowledge that you are a sinner that you are in need of salvation you apologize to God I'm sorry for my sins I'm sorry for living a life that is opposing you and not considering you and all these false gods for those of you who are into that sorts of stuff and you're like today I want to turn and believe somebody say believe believe that you came I believe that you died I believe that you rose from de death and I want you to be the Lord and the boss of my life and then he says when you do this he says and be baptized everybody say be baptized and that's why we have water baptism he says to be baptized and what you're doing is you're leaving your old life behind when your repentance and your faith meets the water and then he says and then when you're raised up out of the water you're raised to new life in Christ so repent believe and be baptized and he literally then goes and they don't just pray a cute prayer but they literally baptize 3,000 people and so this is why we call you today if you have not put your trust in your faith in Jesus if you have not or if you may have prayed a prayer but you never were baptized 
in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We call you and we invite you to put your trust in Jesus and to be baptized. And we have baptisms, we schedule baptisms, and we would love to include you in the next one. You might also be someone who's like, I trusted Christ, I was baptized, and I ran away from Christ, and I've been doing my own thing, and today I'm convicted, I want to come back home. And you're like, do I got to get re-baptized again? No. If you meant it, and you were baptized in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you meant it, and it, it was, all you got to do is repent, and go back to the grace of your baptism. And there's room at the table, as I say every week, for you. You can come home today. And so right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are at this place and you are like, that's me, Pastor Andrew. I do not have a relationship with God. I need to get right with God. I want him to be the Lord of my life. And today, it's my decision to trust him. It's my decision to go all the way with him in baptism. Or if you're someone that's like, I've run away and today I want to come home. Online, this is for you too. On the count of three, if that person is you, every head bow, every eye closed. It's between me, you, and God. Today you're like, I'm making that decision. Here we go. On the count of three, everywhere, and in, on, in the house and online, I want you to pop that hand up if that's you. Here we go. One, two, three. Come on, pop that hand up today if that person is you. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Is there others? Are there others who are making that decision today? You stick that hand up. Don't be ashamed today. Glory to God. All right. We can put those hands down today. Now, can we open our eyes and we, can we celebrate those who have made a decision to follow Christ today?